or shoot, do something else aside from you know playing volleyball. Yeah, uh, some, <laughs> and some, we some we took another we took another L yesterday. Oh, y'all lost the game that you broke your back in. Yeah, that one. And, hey, Dang. don't say broke your back like that. <laughs> Spinal <laughs> suspect. <laughs> oh yeah, we be getting blasted. Pause. Uh, <laughs> say that one more time, clearly into the mic. <laughs> uh, we be getting blasted. Pause. <laughs> um, but it's good to get some cardio in. You know what I'm saying? Got a little court burns from diving on the court, acting athletic and whatnot. You ain't got no knee pads, bro. You ain't get the knee pads, the elbow pads. <laughs> I don't have any knee pads. You got the uh the mid thigh shorts, the spandex shorts. You ain't got those. Mm-mm. Oh, come on, man. You know, <laughs> look, not saying you're a though. part of the problem, but you know how y'all be making uh making them women be wearing them super uh, objectifying booty shorts when they playing volleyball. So I'm I'm saying uh I'm all for equal rights and stuff. So you should have been out there with the booty shorts too, man. You're right. I'm I'm not doing all that. the look. Everybody should have had like a little team handshake. We're the elite. I didn't name the team. I'm not the team captain. Mm. That's funny. It reminded me. Did, did you ever? Did you just watch Jackass? Uh, not every episode, but I've seen a few. There was uh, I forgot what's his name, but they had a uh, dude with. Sometimes he's running around with the, the rollerblades or the skates and have some booty shorts on and try to get a reaction out of people. I think at one point in time, and I forgot his name, but I, I'm sure there's clips everywhere. Everybody that watch probably, probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But Buddy was, uh, at one point in time, it was like the very end of an episode. I think the credits might have been rolling. And he ran up on a football practice. Like, either he was butt-ass naked or he had like a thong on. And they was trying to chase him down and tackle him to get him out of the way. You know, you know how they... The streakers and stuff doing NFL games was essentially was that, but it was with a live, a live uh, football practice. Right. That's funny. Let me get this out of my camera. Got a, got a cord back here. Messing oh, you up ready, bro? Punk Shui. Oh, you good? I already know we're recording. This is good footage. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know how we do. Oh, PS5 control right there. Um, I'm about to open this tab and mute it because it's going to start talking real loud. ESPN. Uh, oh, it already stopped. Nah, NFL.com. Nah. The beautiful thing about, I don't know if you're using Chrome, but if you're using Google Chrome, if you mute a tab, it'll automatically remember that you muted that tab. For example, there's a, a certain network that I go to, you know, to get some, some sports updates from time to time. And I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes it'll be at work. I might be on the call. <laughs> And I'll open the tab. I'm like, I wonder what the score of that game was. Because I went to sleep. Because, you know, I watch a lot of games that are on the West Coast. So I'm like, I'm, I'm already in bed. Yep. Um, so open up a tab and it's like, oh, okay. That's how that went. And remember, you have to have that mode muted. Because sometimes there's videos that automatically play. I'm like, oh, my God. It's yes, unmuted. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Bang. I'm like, excuse me? Can 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 you answer my question? It's kind of loud over there. I was like, oh, shoot. That wasn't muted. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I use I use Brave. You ever heard of the Brave browser? Uh, yeah, it's like a red B, right? No, uh, it's like a lion. Oh, okay, maybe lion it's logo. Bravo. Maybe it's Bravo. I'm thinking about my bad. I use it because it automatically like what the big catches about Brave is like they block all ads. So like if I'm watching YouTube, it automatically takes out the ads on YouTube. Any YouTube video mm. and use that tab. <laughs> anyway, let's get started. Uh, episode 97 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. My name is Deontay Ebbs, joined by my ace, my best man, my best friend, co host, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing, my guy? Pretty good. Pretty good. All things considered. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's good to hear, man. You rocking and rolling, rocking and rolling almost to that one zero zero. Appreciate you guys for rocking with us. If you have so far on this long and extensive journey, um, we're at episode 97. Um, got a nice little slate of, of, of content and topics, topics, <laughs> topics to talk to you guys about. Um, 
one of which, Dane, we'll start off with this one. Uh, you and I had talked about this um, this past weekend, Friday specifically. Got to drive, make that hour and a half, two hour drive to uh, New York City. <laughs> I see y'all boy in New York City <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to watch uh, Bomani Jones HBO wow. show, <laughs> HBO show Game Theory um, at the uh, CBS Broadcast Center. Um, Karina couldn't go with me, so I took. Uh, my cousin-in-law Kevin mm-hmm. um, picked him up. His parents lived in uh, live in uh, Yonkers. It's not too far out of the city, about thirty Bro, that's minutes. That's not a real name. Yeah, that city. You is ever not heard a of Yonkers? Name. Nah, they made that up. Bro, look it up. Uh, actually, one of the listeners of our pod, um, Ayrton, is from Yonkers. You met Ayrton, oh. right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Tall Ayrton. But uh, yeah, Yonkers is a, is a real a real place, bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah, East, they must they must have came up. They had a city hall meeting, and they came. We need a new name, and they voted on that. Listen, how did Yonkers become a name? <laughs> they probably named after somebody. Uh, says Vanderdunk was referred to as Junk Er, young gentleman or young nobleman, by reason of his status in Holland. And these words evolved throughout several changes to the Yonkers, the Yonkers, and finally to the present Yonkers. Wow. Well, the more you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, went to the Game Theory show taping Friday. The episode came out that Friday night. Um, mm. Really, really good episode if you haven't seen it already on HBO. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about is like the the, uh, <laughs> the, the content. The content and like even the production of making a television show and the things that they require the audience to do. One of which is to laugh at jokes and specifically like it's, it's a television show. So sometimes he has to retape certain things if they didn't mm-hmm. get the right cut of what they were looking for. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like, uh, like hype men and women in the audience to, get the crowd to continue to be hyped throughout the taping because the taping lasted like an hour and a half okay. for like this 30 minute show. And so it's like some of the same jokes and uh, topics that he said he has to say again for certain reasons. And they're like, mm-hmm. come on, y'all, we need that same energy. Laugh I like wonder how that, how that interview process goes for the people who have to be hyped and say, hey, thank you. Come on, have yeah. a seat. Right. Well, one of them is a, I, I got to look him up. He's a comedian um, out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta, I gotta look him up, but he was like the, the MC of the, you know, taping and oh, stuff. He's like, come on, man. Hi, uh, y'all, y'all laugh <laughs> like y'all heard it the first time. Like, on, you know, how you hear the studio laugh. <laughs> yeah. So that part was kind of awkward, but in general, the, the set the was experience. dope. Got to sit in the front row. That was pretty cool. Uh, Bomani had this, this crazy ass fly red suit on. Um, but the entire experience was fun. Um, enjoyed and if you haven't listened to the episode uh, or watched the episode on HBO Max do so um, it was a nice little uh, content Spoiler about, alert. Yeah, about Jake Paul um, mm. Dane did you get to watch that episode? Oh yeah the inter- it, I, I was like okay I had to make sure that I wouldn't be not punked or pranked but I was like alright is this a real because the, the way that they show like the little FaceTime joint was you know Bomani's picture on one side and then you know the guy who's like on, like they're on Zoom. Yeah, so I was like, is this like is this a spoof? Is this a recording of another interview he's done and he's just inserted his lines? I was like, or is this a real deal? And then like midway through, like okay, this is a real interview. So I enjoyed it, and, and the best part about it was how pissed off he got yeah. at the questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it uh dude is a meathead, bro. It it was funny and you know the the actual they did like a short clip of the interview uh throughout the week before the episode mm-hmm. and stuff to kind of hype it up and um Bo, Bo during the taping had put his commentary in between certain segments would kind of add it to it. Little um but yeah, it was it was it was a great time and he talked mm-hmm. about the the two black quarterbacks. The Soul Bowl. Um, the Soul Bowl, as you coined it last episode, Dane. But overall, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. Then our boy, uh, Michael, 
Michael Walker, he he uh, messaged me yesterday and said he got tickets to this Friday show. Nice. So he's going to be talking about it. Right, bro, right, right when I got out the tape. Also, can I talk about how ignorant people are when they say no phones? Like, be real and put your phone up. Come on, bro. If, 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 <laughs> if there's no way... That we can't bring our phones. How's anybody gonna know that I was there? So I can't clout check. Yeah, yeah. that's bro. He, so yeah, the security we, dude there. It was a lady, but she was like, uh, "Some rules, guys. You know, keep your mask on, <laughs> uh, and in the studio, don't you know, don't pull out your phone." Right. Um. And so. I never pulled out my phone, <laughs> my, Aww, my, but my but, but my uh, my cousin in law he took a picture. Of that. Nothing happened with him. <laughs> but, they get tackled by uh by, by <laughs> that guy. Get him right now. What's worse is like the, this the is all before. <laughs> this is all before Bamani came on set. Um, and then as he was coming out, was like they're like hyping people up, like all right, here's Bomani Jones. He's walking out. People in the back behind us started taking pictures, and the lady went into Hulk mode. She's like, no, no, put the phone away. I'm like, they lucky that they didn't get kicked out of this taping for that, taking pictures. That reminds me of a, a, a TSA. I know you've seen this skit that's been going, I mean, it's been viral for a while. The TSA, if you got a jacket, take it off. Yeah. Take it off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Exactly, man. I'm like, man, that's people, crazy. People are crazy. I know um, com- comedians talk about how you know they how they lock people's stuff up because they want the co- the content the content to remain fresh. Yeah, I'm so yeah, and, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't do that. Yeah, this one, um, I'd be scared shitless. Something yeah. I paid for to possibly get kicked out because I pulled out a phone. I couldn't just live that's in the, the moment. <laughs> that's this this generation. Um, mm. Got to got to be I'm there. Pr- I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, man. I'm proud of you. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and uh, hey, y'all, we out here at the Bomani. Jo- oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith was the guest, uh, yeah, and he good. mainly talked about his new book um, and talked about the the Memphis police uh, situation that happened mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, which was really good stuff. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and do it already. But um, overall, great experience. Um, great to actually be and see how the the cookie is made so to speak so um <laughs> that was song. good but as you had mentioned dane it is super bowl week and you have coined it the soul bowl you said hey, you I saw it off I, of yeah, yeah i saw you, it online you can't I take can't, credit for it no nah, i'm not because anybody come in, you didn't start I, I, somebody trademarked it and then boom i get a Certified letter in the mail, so, and I'm being sued for thirteen dollars and eighteen cents. That mean I can't name this episode Soul Bowl. Nah, nah, you just name it. You know, name it like LeBron or Kyrie. Man, or, I'm naming it Soul Bowl. Man, don't do that. Or, or, or name it Hogwarts Legacy or something. All right, I don't know. chill, <laughs> chill. <laughs> uh, so last last week we briefly talked about the uh, the Super Bowl storylines. Right. Of course, we got the Kelsey Bowl, Travis and Jason Kelsey. With the Chiefs and Eagles, respectively. Of mm-hmm. course, we got the Soul Bowl. Two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl for the first time in NFL history. We got the Andy Reid Bowl facing against his former team. He coached for a number of years and led to one Super Bowl appearance. Um, but now we have the actual game coming up this Sunday. Um, and I've thought about it a lot about who to take in this game. Mm. Um, and before I get to that, Kind of wanted to see your thoughts about what to expect. Um, are we going to get blowout city here? You don't have to give me a prediction yet, but what kind of do you expect from these two teams on, on Sunday? Hmm. I expect a good clean fight. Now the, uh, I, I believe it's going to be a pass heavy attack from the chiefs. And a run heavy attack from the Eagles. I see them catering to the strengths of their team, to the strengths of their personnel. I don't know if it'll be a high scoring game. I would be shocked if it was, but I'm gonna say at the very most, I think the, the score might get to the mid thirties at the most. Um, but in terms of Super Bowl, I think it. it I think it is. It's just gonna come down to 
cliche, and then you know we're gonna enjoy it. Boom. That's 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 what I got. That's my groundbreaking, breathtaking analysis. Yeah. Um I I think the Eagles having one of the most disruptive pass rush games we've seen in recent history. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they're third in the league in league history, that is, in sacks in the season. Yeah. I think that's going to play a role. Um, and to your point about Kansas City kind of focusing on the pass, I think they will actually. But the key for Kansas City is to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands as quickly as possible. One, because of the pass rush that the Eagles present. Right. Two, um, yes, exactly. Can't, uh, Patrick Mahomes still dealing with that high ankle sprain, which, you know, he played well last or two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game, but it's still lingering. You can still see kind of um, him limping at times and, you know, throwing off that back foot, things of that nature. Um, so the Eagles have to present and still be able to get to the quarterback which I think would be key if Patrick Mahomes is kind of focused on getting the ball out of his hands quickly. You're going to see a lot of short routes. Um, One thing I always say about playing the Chiefs, which kind of gets me upset when I watch teams play, is how they guard Travis Kelsey, Mm -hmm. is you can't give him free reign within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, Disrupt the route. Disrupt the timing. This this is Patrick Cliche, Mahomes' se- security blanket. <laughs> yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes' security blanket in Travis Kelsey and um, putting hands on it, disrupting those routes, like you said, um, mm. can take away those first reads, which then allows your, you know, elite pass rush to get to um, Patrick Mahomes and cause problems there. I think another key for the Chiefs to kind of take pressure off of Patrick Mahomes is Isaiah Pacheco uh, is their seventh round pick that they drafted running back out of Rutgers. Um, Mm. I tweeted two weeks ago, Dane, I don't, do you know, have you seen him run the ball? He's violent. He's violent. And (laughs) I like an old school running back. Yeah. And specifically the one he reminded me of, and I tweeted about it two weeks ago and I'm going to see if you agree with me seeing as you're a Dallas Cowboy fan is Marion Barber. Yeah, Marion Barber and Marshawn Lynch. That's yeah. what it kind of reminds me like the <laughs> both, style of play. Both with dreads, uh, yeah. ironically Got enough. Locks. But they uh, and rest locks. in peace to Marion Barber. But yeah. um, the way he runs the football is angry, violent, like you said, mad. Not um, shying away from contact, which is crazy. Not shying away from contact. And, slowly, and the soft hands. He's got the soft hands, too. Like the, Right. Eh. And slowly but surely this year, especially towards the end of the season. I know they have Jared McKinnon kind of more as their receiving back out of the backfield, mm-hmm. but he's been there. He'd be laying fools out too in the pass block. Yeah. Game. Yeah, that is true. And he's been there like running game savior and kind of slowly, but surely taking over that um, pound for pound running back role that they need mm-hmm. at times. Um, so yeah, it's going to be important for him to establish himself when, uh, Casey needs three yards, four yards, five yards. Um, and then for Philly offensively, what, what's been so important for Philadelphia, uh, Jalen Hurts has been, you know, the leader that they need, obviously, but he's also been the guy to kind of distribute, right? He hasn't, they haven't had to necessarily lean on him to win games. And I think that's important because of moments like this where, um, you know, it's a it's a big moment, obviously, your first Super Bowl appearance, but you've got guys around you. You've got a talented offensive line that has protected you throughout the season. Uh, you have the top rushing game in the league. You have weapons on the outside, uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, those guys that have helped you get here. Um, and I think for uh, Jalen Hurts to continue to um, be that leader, but also continue to lean on those other guys to help you. Mm-hmm. Because I mentioned this throughout the playoffs and even before the playoffs started, Dane, that the Chiefs defense throughout the regular season isn't always top five or top 10. But <laughs> in the playoffs, that's when they play their best they football. Get hot. They know um, when to get hot. 
Yeah, Steve Spagnolo is a defensive coordinator who is like a blitz heavy scheme kind of defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try to confuse Jalen Hurts and force force the Eagles into third and long situations, second and long situations. Um, and Chris Jones, D tackle has been a habit for that man. defense. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's going to be a. I think it'll be a close one. Um, do you want to give your prediction first? Well, because I need to think a little bit longer. <laughs> I know, I know better than to continue betting against or picking against Patrick Mahomes. The the obvious pick here would be for the Eagles, um, just because one, they're favored; two, they're stacked; three, they they got hot at the right time. But I think the closer we get to Sunday, the more and more realistic it is for me just to give my vote. To the team that's formerly represented Texas, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to take this one. Score? Uh, I'd say a one possession game, 28 to 22. 28 to 22. 28 to 22. That's a good one. That's what I'm going to go with. Good prediction. Dane has the Chiefs. I found that stat I was looking for about the different sack leaders for the Eagles, and this is including the playoffs, which this is, like, insane. Hassan Reddick has 19 and a half sacks. Josh Sweat, 12 and a half. Brandon Graham, 12. Jason or Javon Hargrave, 12 sacks. Fletcher Cox, 8 sacks. The Eagles have five players with eight sacks in the season, including the playoffs since the stat became official in 1982. Um, I feel like I've picked against the Chiefs the last two weeks. No, I picked them in the divisional round, but I did not pick them in the AFC Championship game. Um, Two quarterbacks from the state of Texas. We didn't mention that. I think we mentioned that last week, but wanted to mention that again this week. We did. Uh, I think, man, this is tough. And you had mentioned going against Patrick Holmes. <laughs> it's not like the LeBron decision. Uh, yeah. Special on ESPN. This is tough. This is tough. But uh, for the next few years, I'll be taking my time to South Beach. Like, boy, if you don't get your big. <laughs> I'm going with the Eagles. Okay. Um, I, Like you had mentioned, I think this one is going to be close. I think it comes down to actually it's going to be a final possession um, on the Chiefs side of the ball where the Eagles make a stop. Um, I think I'm thinking a score of 31 to 27. Mm. I think the Eagles are able to establish running game early, um, yeah. leading to some deep one-on-one shots uh, for the Eagles on the outside. Chiefs aren't really what has helped the Chiefs, like we had mentioned earlier, is being able to get to the quarterback um, quickly and making the quarterback make quick decisions in their secondary, being able to capitalize. Um. That I think the Eagles hold up well on the offensive line, mm-hmm. partly because that they've been able to establish a running game early <laughs> in this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that'll help them out in the long run, being able to keep the Chiefs defense off balance. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes still makes these crazy plays, Dane, like we've seen throughout his career. Something that, you know, will go viral, you know, throughout the game and throughout his <laughs> career. Something crazy, like I don't know if you remember that crazy side pass that he did against the Bucks when they lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Um, it, the pass ended up being complete, but he was basically horizontal and throwing yeah. the football. Um, he swung his body, yeah, to the side, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, it'll be a play like that that has the internet a buzz. But I think Jalen Hurts um, in the Eagles defense. Shout out to Bo, uh, my brother, uh, longtime listener of the podcast. I think the Eagles. Uh, win their second Super Bowl in six years, uh, 31-27. Um, so there we have it. Our Super Bowl 57 LVII predictions. I remember the no- Roman, Roman numerals, Dane. Um, did you have any Super Bowl plans? Y'all just kicking it at the crib? No. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we, on, the, we on the countdown right now. Um, Baby watch. Yeah, the twins, they can come in any moment. So we, you know, staying close to the home. Course, yeah, uh, chilling in the living room, so you know, we're just watching it here. Yeah, might, might get a might get a pizza, 
and just chill. Langston's been asking to watch football a few times this week. He's like, we watch football. I was like, not yet, man. It's on Sunday. Not yet, man, on Sunday. <laughs> I ain't even bore him to try to get him to watch the Pro Bowl because I was like, he ain't going. Yeah. He ain't going to watch. Like, this is, he's going, what's, why they ain't got what no helmet this? on? Yeah. Yeah. Because typically, he'll, when we watch the football, he'll like to have his helmet on. Um, and I love just it. Being there chilling, but. Yeah, I ain't wanted to be confused. But. Great segue, by the way. The NFL Pro, Pro Bowl games were this past weekend. Mm. Um, Ratings-wise, uh, it was like a million viewer drop from last season. Um, and It's almost like people are tuning in for already, the violence. I already, knew you, <laughs> I already know you didn't watch it, did you? I watched it. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, surprise. Yeah, it's been a very... It's, this is like the first time, and as many times I've said I've watched it look, in the past few years of the podcast, this is like the first time in like the last three or four years I've watched, like from beginning to the ending. Wow. That's but surprising. Yeah, I've watched, I watched, there are times when I've watched, and I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> because, you, I mean, I, I don't know. It was a new format, and I wanted to see how it was going to play out. Same. I wanted to watch the entire. Uh, we watched the entire punt with the the big man punt challenge or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's with an asterisk mark because you had some people that weren't even big men out there, which I was like, eh, it should it should only be big dudes. But anyways, like you watched that. You had a yeah. old boy from the Ravens fullback. Yeah, um, yeah I forgot his name. Book, uh, not Picard. Um, oh, it was Picard. Is it Picard? I, I think it was Kyle. Uh, Fullback Kyle. Is it Picard? Uh, I think I'm I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Patrick. Usage. Use Yoshek. Oh, yeah. you talking about from the Niners? Okay. I, oh, I thought Niners. About, I thought he played with the Ravens. I'm tripping. I'm done. Oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about buddy from the Ravens. My fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was out there too, though. Yeah. So I, we watching that, and Nisi was trying to guess which. Um, which line was going to be able to, or who had hands or who didn't. He's like, oh, he don't even look like he can catch. Yeah. So I was like, all right, he cut all the money with this, seeing how uncoordinated it were. And then we yeah. watched the, um, was it the golf one they had? The so golf one. Okay. The golf one was the most entertaining one. Yeah. That, that was, was probably the best event. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. They had like a golf competition, like whoever hit the ball the furthest on some top golf kind of stuff mm-hmm. out in Vegas. Um, I think Poyer was it Poyer won it yeah, for the AFC. He, he was the last. He was the last. He was the last person, right? If I remember, yeah. yeah he was the last one. I was like, you can tell uh, Hendrickson someone... or oh boy from what's the tight end's name? Uh, Hendrickson, right? No, 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 no. What's the Viking? Hawkinson. Hawkinson yeah. had the... TJ. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. Shout out to him. Yeah, um, but like for people that don't know, there was. The game essentially itself the past few years has been turned <laughs> had been turning into essentially flag football. Oh, you watched the, the dodgeball the dodgeball segment too? Yes. Okay. I yeah. forgot that you couldn't hit him in the face. Like, yeah. That's the whole that's the whole point of being able to play dodgeball, hit people right. in the face with a ball. Oh. Yeah, the dodge the, the dodgeball was okay this year. Yeah. I think the first year they did it was pretty cool, but um with the game itself, for those that don't know, they basically total up the AFC, the NFC, based on the games they played throughout those mm-hmm. two days. And that kind of sets the, the score for the flag football, the three flag football games they play. Um, but the game itself, essentially, in previous years, had been turning into two-hand touch and flag football. So, I mean, I think it was a good decision to change player it safety. up to kind of see what happens. Uh, player yeah. safety. even Still, somebody still got hurt. Yeah. Um, Dislocated uh, toe, I think. Or something Garrett. Like Miles, yeah, Miles yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett, yeah. Uh, essentially, the game was becoming kind of uh, not soft, I guess. Just players were kind of protecting themselves. It was becoming less there. violent. Yeah. Um, so people so like Deontay weren't tuning in. They were like, so, eh. Like Dane was not tuning in. No, but, I definitely wasn't tuning in. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Um, I I check in and out like okay, and then third quarter I'm like, yep, I'm yeah. Out. <laughs> I think I mean for the NFL they had to kind of try something. We'll see how they, you know, make it different in the years oh, to come. But for for kids, <laughs> I think what what's surprising to me was like fifty thousand people there to watch um, these players yeah. do these funny silly games. I think that's a plus for the NFL. Um, viewership kind of 
dropped, but I mean, I feel like they'll still try to experiment with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a complete L because, um, I feel like the game itself, like if they went, if it, if it was in last year's format, um, just with the, the pads and, you know, I feel like it was monotonous at this point to try to keep going with that, but yeah. we'll see how they try to try to further the game in the future. Um, and then switching to the NBA, Dane, it's probably our first time talking about NBA this season. Um, honestly, this is around the time where I kind of get locked in um, yeah, around right the All Star right after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, Super Bowl All Star weekend coming up about a week. Um, but last Dude, night, that's when they started taking the series too. Yeah. Oh, whoops! I wasn't supposed to say that. My bad. Last night, uh, LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points scored in NBA history. Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron James is shot in history. Um, started with 36 to go in the game, and uh, he went crazy in the third quarter. Uh, it was, it was, and I'll say this: this is how much the game meant to me as far as enjoying who LeBron James is and who he has become in the league, as far as being able to relish in it and understand, like not taking him for granted what great of a talent he is yeah. because this is my first NBA game I've really watched from first Short quarter before. all the way through to just be able to say I saw the moment happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And actually yeah. one of my coworkers from ESPN that works on the LA side of ESPN, he's a Lakers mm -hmm. fan. He actually attended the game last night. Oh man. And he was hyped. As uh, a fan or like just with the, the whole As a fan. Thing? As a fan. Man. So he's in the stands to, to see that, that great moment. But I know that price of the tickets is crazy. I, I, I I'm going to I'm going to ask him how much he paid for those tickets. Um but um it was a great, great moment. Mm -hmm. Um Twitter, social media was going crazy, kind of all building up to it, and the moment itself was it still like you knew it was coming and it still felt great to be able to witness what he's mm -hmm. done in 20 seasons in the NBA. You know, we talk about LeBron a lot on this podcast and, you know, him as a person, Five not only <laughs> on the court, but off the court, um, who, hey, who he has been, the role model he's been in things of that nature. But what did you think about last night's record, bro? Yeah, as soon as it happened, I was like, okay, I saw what I needed to see. Yep. <laughs> bro, exactly. And I'm on the East Coast. I'm, it's like 1240, and I'm like, God, and I know we was waking up early to record, so it's yeah. like, yeah, literally, I, the game itself, I'm like, right when he broke the record, saw the little celebration. And, and my, my thing was, out the whole time I was thinking, like, all right, how he going to lie? What's he going to say about how he imagined the, the, the record was going to be broken? <laughs> Like, if it's going to be on some crazy fluke, like he was diving to save a, a, a loose ball out of bounds, and he threw it, you know, he threw it as he was diving into the first row, and the ball magically goes in the hoop. And then after the game, the interview, or, you know, when the ceremony takes place right after the bucket, I always knew that I was going to, you know, break the record doing just that. Like, I was like, how is he going to lie about this? But GD, I mean, he broke the record just as a lot of us thought he was going to. Yeah. A little back down, a little back down, with a little, a little broke-ass fade couple, with it. couple you know, threes, he, though. He, <laughs> yeah, he got it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the moment itself was kind of cool. Like, for me, the part that I enjoyed the most was just seeing the reaction of his kids. Like, yeah, you know how, like, picture this. Everybody has the job that they have, right, or the career they have. And just imagine your kids randomly showing up at one of the biggest days, you know, the biggest days that you have a presentation or, or, or I don't know, something crazy. Like, just imagine like, like the access that his kids have to, to see him there. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of phenomenal just to be able to be a part of that. And then, too, just the, the photo opportunities, right? Like, that moment is, will be solidified in history. And then just to see the the action shots like the chica, chica, yeah chica, chica. Like, i'm gonna ask you something cool. did you think do you think kareem was salty oh hell yeah <laughs> I think, bro i think he was look, just i think he look, was just tired man because he oh coming I mean, not always but he you just never know you just never know him so because because he's such he's such a stoic 
a yeah. stoic type of person. You never know what you're gonna get. And you, and you know, for people that don't know him and LeBron, kind of have the they got a still have a like a rough history. <laughs> uh, as far as their relationship, LeBron was quoted by saying, "There is no relationship between him and Kareem." So. <laughs> It was kind of cool to see. It's them. all love. No, it's yeah. not all love. It's all hate. <laughs> it, it was kind of cool to see them embrace at, at midcourt. I mean, there's no other way that uh, I don't think there was. Both guys, should I say, are humble enough to not let that situation break this moment. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, hell no. If it was me, I would have uh, been pissed. I would have been like, no, I had something I got to do. He cracked a smile, though, <laughs> when he broke it or he's getting close, something like that. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, just to, to, to circle back to LeBron, mm-hmm. probably won't see anything like this in our lifetime. So, um, <laughs> did you see that? in our wait? I'm not not to this magnitude. There might be something like this on in another sport, but in terms of basketball, I don't think. Yeah, we, yeah, I was specifically because you you say generational, and you know, Kareem stopped like back in the day. Like we we weren't. I mean. We weren't be, we weren't able to to witness or watch anything like that just because yeah. of the, the the generations and. But know, now, guess what? We are all witnesses. Oh my! God. <laughs> oh Did you my. see that Nike commercial after right after he broke the record? I was watching it on my phone. Oh man! I was so, on my phone, so the Nike, advertisement might be different. Nike probably play, paid a bajillion dollars for this ad because it ran right the commercial break after he broke the record. Mm. It's uh. It's a dope Nike commercial, but like with gospel music and mm-hmm. like the horns and everything was just, I can't even kind of describe it, but just check it out when you get a chance. Uh, it was pretty cool, but shout out to LeBreezy, LeBron, uh, breaking the NBA all-time scoring record, um, switching LeBron gears James. to uh, other NBA news. The Mavericks, Dane, have acquired Kyrie Irving. Uh, and Markeith Morris, and they sent Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, unprotected 2029 first-round pick and second-round pick in 2027 and 2029 um, before this Thursday's trade deadline. We might see more trades coming up in the next few hours. Um, some middle schooler. Some middle schooler right now. That pick is yeah. that's what that's for. That's crazy, right? <laughs> um, first reaction to the trade when I saw it, was it sounds like a desperation move for for Mark Cuban <laughs> in the aspect of like recently when I've seen like Luca drop like fifty or sixty or forty and they're winning by two points, three points. Said, you know, at first it's fun as a fan. Me personally, I'm like, dang, yeah, Luca going crazy. You dropped fifty. And you look at the score and like, damn, what is everybody else doing? And the Mavericks lose again. Yeah, either that or we're winning by like two or three points, right? Yeah. So Mark Cuban is seeing this. I'm sure he's aware of everyone, Mavs fans specifically, mm-hmm. saying, get Lucas some help. Get Lucas some help. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, here, y'all, damn. <laughs> and went and traded for Kyrie Irving, take a of little, course. Look, take a little piece of your ass, Mike, from Starburst. Yeah. The they got here. So they go get Kyrie Irving and we know what's happened the past few years with Kyrie Irving (laughs) specifically more recently with the anti-Semitic comments, um, his stance, his stance on the vaccine a few years ago, his (laughs) flat earth comments, um, and the relationship with the Brooklyn Nets over the past few years have deteriorated. He was supposed to be, well, remember it was him, Harden and and KD (laughs) and they ended up playing like 50 something games together or something like that. Real Don't quote small. me on that. But Real small. um now, you know, of course you got the Kyrie Irving aspect of this, but you got Kevin Durant who had asked for and requested a trade in the offseason and ended up staying. One can imagine this is probably the end of the road, you know, if they don't trade him before the Thursday deadline by the end of the season. Um but for for me specifically as as a Mavs um fan Dane I will mm-hmm. say that I don't expect Kyrie to stay with Dallas coming this coming off season mm-hmm. um so it's like a, <clears throat> a, it's a I guess you, you try to make the move to see how far you can go in the playoffs this year um underachieved last year by going to the conference finals so I know one thing though this this 
we about to be giving up 140 points per game um, and maybe scoring 142. But um, I don't know, man. I'm still kind of on like I'm I'm not feeling it. I know a lot of Mavs fans are are hype about having a Kyrie, and you can't deny his talent on the basketball mm-hmm. court. Like, there's no question he is one of the greatest um, basketball players as far as scoring that we've seen. Right, but I don't know if it's worth all the stuff off the court that we've seen. And I think I'm fair to say that um, I'm oh. just unsure at the moment about how I feel about it. Mm. Allow me to chime in, Deontay. Go ahead, brother. That's why bring I got some, you here. Bring some sense into this whole situation. Bring it, bring the entire picture or bring it all full circle. I appreciate the noble sacrifice of the Mavericks of Dallas. Thank you. Oh, yeah. First first and foremost, let me make this about my team. Did I we, appreciate did we lie on the sword for you? Yeah. Oh, yes. Y'all look <laughs> this one time diving that mug. <laughs> so appreciate y'all for your noble sacrifice. Your, I, no, your noble sacrifice <laughs> by the hands of Mark Cuban. Yeah, so first and foremost, I, I appreciate y'all for doing that. I know I'm probably in the no no I definitely am in the minority of Laker fans that are not you know disappointed about the way that things played out. Um, maybe it's me. <laughs> if I can quote somebody. Oh Lord, I forgot he said that, bro. Get your bro, ass off of social media, it, bro. Bro, I'm like if you don't go sit your ass down somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so anyways, let me get back to the point I'm trying to make. Uh, shout out to the Mavericks for saving us the opportunity or saving us the embarrassment for when it inevitably blows up and the you know Kyrie signs his long term deal with the Lakers in the offseason and then a year and a half from now he blows up again and he's wanting to get traded out and go somewhere and then they trade him somewhere crazy say send him to the Clippers or something crazy like that. Thank you for saving us from those storylines and from all that drama. On the plus side, this is a good thing. Um, as a resident of the, the Dallas area, there is nothing greater for the sake of storyline, for the sake of coverage, for the sake of good sports radio, or just content in general, than a superstar, two superstars like that on that team. Um, this, to me, will be, and I don't like to compare the two, but because they're, they're apples and oranges, right? But because I'm in, I'm, I'm right here in the thick of it. The, the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, of course, have been way more successful in recent years than the Cowboys ever have or could ever dream of being. But this does, I think, this brings a lot of hope to the fan base here because there are a lot of loyal fans here for the Mavericks. Like they do a hell of a job with marketing. They do a hell of a job with, I mean, now you can say bringing in talent because they yeah. have it in the last few years. That's a great um, point. I guess I I'm a ca- I'm more of a casual now. Yeah, it's more of it's a step in the right direction. If I if I can say based on the the people I've talked to, strangers that I've talked to about it, just in just a short situation, people are kind of excited about it. Like, yeah, man, we got Kyrie, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, did I miss something? Maybe I just don't know. And then when I told my wife, because she's a she's a Mavericks fan, when I told my wife about it, she's like, I was like, guess who y'all got? She said who? And and she you know started throwing out random names. She's like LeBron. I was like, <laughs> I was on laugh. I was like, no, no you, you did that belly laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, baby. <laughs> she, but I was so I was so I was, I enjoyed her excitement so much. But I had you know tell. Her. I was like, no, nah, Kyrie's like, oh okay, I can see that. And I was like, oh oh. And then I heard you know the the audibles in the back. I was like, yeah. I was like, he brings he brings a, a significant amount of baggage, but I think he, I think it'll all work out. I think it'll work out just yeah. fine. Uh, he's used to, you know, in their championship run with the Cavaliers, he was the essentially the second option. Well, everybody's the second option on the yeah. in town. But I think he, I think he can make it work. I think yeah. they can make it work. You got two incredible guys that can create their own their own, their own space and create their own shot. And say what you want, maybe yeah. defensively they don't have what it takes, but at least you're gonna, you know, you're gonna sell some tickets. <laughs> you gonna sell some tickets, right? You might make some, you might make some shake. And then it also leads to something else, Deontay. You made a very good point. It's something, you know, who knows what's going to happen before the, the trade deadline. But there have been some whispers, and I doubt it'll happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. There have been some whispers about a certain somebody, a certain big man from the, the Phoenix Suns, 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to go or what that's going to take to get him there um, or if that's something that they would even consider given the history, the very recent history between the two organizations. But who, yeah. who's to say that they might add another piece? That's yeah. Something that y'all needed for a very long time. So Yeah, we'll know in the next few hours for sure for the deadline. And yeah, I'm not here to like – completely knock the trade. I understand the value that Kyrie brings to the team. I understand. I think just the off the court stuff has been more dominant than his on the court stuff at this moment. He's played he only played like I think like 55% of his like four years in the net. He played a little over half of those games. So I'm like your best ability is your availability and you know he might have a night where he doesn't want to play you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> I, I that's the stuff that i'm worried about of course his on the court talent cannot be you know talked about enough um and another thing about it the west is pretty much wide open right now even like west and east but specifically on the west side the map sitting six seed it's like the um, nfc this year yeah the nuggets <laughs> and the grizzlies on top one two so, uh, if you get a favorable matchup, so right now the Mavericks would be matched up against the the Sacramento Kings in round one, which mm. you know, I think that would probably favor the Mavericks at this point. But like, there's so much basketball left to be played to kind of see how this goes. Um, and of course, in the off season, the decision mm. that Kyrie makes whether to resign or not. Um, but if he decides not to resign, the Mavs do have uh, cap space to go sign a max player. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, but now, Dane, it is time for... What's that sound? Nerdy news segment brought to you by Shout out to Keith Nerdy news segment brought to you by Keith The Last of Us Dane episode 4 Um Man Episode 4 Um I can't help it but always like to compare it Everything to, to, to the game Um And just the shots that they go for That are literally a mirror of what you see in the game is something that I always take eye to at first. And um, we pick up, actually this episode starts off. We later know that it's in Kansas city with a lady that's not a part of the game. I don't think she's a part of the game. Dane. Her name is Kathleen. The only other show that I know this lady from is from, I used to watch two and a half men back in the day. Uh, and she plays the the nosy neighbor in Two and a Half Men. I forgot her name, but basically, she's the leader of this group. Um, yeah, she's the leader of this group um, that we soon find out will probably be um, the next <laughs> foes that you know Joel and Ellie have to go up against. The next few episodes, who knows? But. Um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Basically, the next, the next ragtag bunch they get yeah. to run through. Joel, yeah, <laughs> Joel, Joel, and Ellie crash into uh, basically a roadblock, so to speak, that this group has set up when they come Crazy, into Kansas bro. City. Um, Kansas and City. just like the game, you're in this uh, kind of store trying to fight your way out. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing I thought came back around what we talked about last episode is Ellie saving Joel. Uh, with the gun that she snuck from Bill's house. Um, basically, <laughs> after they crash into the store, um, Joel shoots one of the attackers, and then another one comes through the back door. Is basically uh, about to about to kill Joel, and Ellie <laughs> Ellie pops up in the back holding the gun, <laughs> shaking, um, and she Got shoots the guy. Basically, but she what I, what I found even more interesting, <laughs> I was waiting for Joel to kind of be mad at her for first, like not telling her about, not telling him about the gun, mm -hmm. but like, you could see that, like, he's like, all like, right. like a proud father. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. And like, he's like, all right, I think 
in that moment he kind of clicked to where it was like all right i i can't be i mean i can't be protective of her but she has to be able to defend as well and like he turned into a proud father but also like apologetic that you've seen later in the episode yeah. that he was having to put her in this situation to have to save him but also to that d one thing that i, I didn't think of it in the during the first watch but during the second watch realizing that taking the path to not be mad at her or upset at her because of the trauma associated with, you know, that he has, or he can relate to about killing your first person. Now, granted, she didn't finish it. Right. Um, But again, that's, she's going to take that with her the rest of her life. And he can, he can understand that. So I think at that point, really the more, the most realistic thing for him was to, ensure her that one i got your back i understand what you're going through and two we're seeing joel finally open up to that more of that emotional side and break down some of those walls or those boundaries that he's put up as a you know protective self what was it um to protect himself so a defensive mechanism if you will so even 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 when him him showing her like this is how you hold the gun. Like this is you yeah. know, put your finger on the trigger and you know stuff like stuff like that. Like so to but back to your point. Even even the the jokes that she's making, you know, he like he's trying to act having that hard exterior, but like mm. all the jokes that she cracks throughout the episode and like he's she's starting to, you know, kind of get to him, like in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um even when he tells her that she's not family, she's cargo. You kind of right. get a sense that he really doesn't mean that, but like you had mentioned, he's trying to protect himself because he had already lost Tess. He had already lost his his daughter way back in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't really that close to Bill, but you know, Bill was someone he knew that lost. Call Bill. Um, <laughs> he mentions Tommy um, mm-hmm. in this episode, his brother, and kind of explains the backstory to Ellie about Tommy and um, oh Tom, how she, you know, how kind of like where he went from the army to firefly to not a firefly and him being in Wyoming and things of that nature. But, uh, I'm trying to think did I miss something in this episode. Um, Oh, so they're on the run. Once they get into this town and escape from the attackers, uh, this group led by Kathleen, um, Henry and Sam, who we know in the game, uh, as father and son, they aren't introduced to the very end of the episode, um, kind of pointing their guilt, guns at Joel and Ellie in the little attic space they're hiding at. But we find out Kathleen is looking for Henry and Sam. Why were they looking for them again? Do you remember, Dane? Because I forgot. So I think they gave up the location of somebody that okay. was dear to, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I totally meant to replay the game just so I can... Yeah, have all this stuff fresh, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I think from from what I remember, I think they gave up the location to somebody. I I, I don't know. Yeah, two, I know look, two black guys in the post apocalyptic world can't be too good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> can't be too yeah, look, good. First, our first black characters will be introduced to in this in this. Yeah, uh, but it's a father son, mm-hmm. um, um. From Hartford, where actually I live now, which is very That's weird. That's crazy. West Hartford. Full actually. circle. Full circle. Um, well, moved but out there just so he can understand the culture when he's watching the show. <laughs> so the I commitment that you have to this podcast is I'm thinking, I'm thinking 10 steps ahead, my guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, in, in the sense, the episode, I think kind of just basically like we had mentioned, Dane builds on the relationship between mm-hmm. Joel and Ellie, more strengthening their bond, more so because of him or her saving his life mm-hmm. and him trying to protect her and like he mentioned showing her how to hold a gun learning that okay for me to be able to protect her she also has to learn how to protect herself so let me do what it takes to kind of get her in that sense um and then the preview for um the next episode i don't know if you watched it but it, it features the long-awaited bloater um, mm-hmm. which is one of those crazy, crazy, crazy dudes on steroids on like, probably like a 20 year in the game. Uh, that boy, that boy head bigger than Barry Bonds. The LeBron <laughs> of, um, the infected. He was mm-hmm. 20 years in the game. Uh, 
20 years in the game and you know setting records right now in the affected world uh in next episode which will air on friday if you don't know that already because of the super bowl they mm-hmm. pushed it up to a friday release um oh they know yeah they know they know um but anything else you want to say about this episode bro um hmm i don't know i, I think I think if anything, one thing that stood out to me, I think we, the pacing of the story, we, there's no way for us to expect or have any idea what's going to take place outside of the the previews that we get after each episode, right? But I don't know. I kind of was holding out hope that she was going to be able to kill somebody this early, but knowing how the episode started out with you know her and her in the bathroom, you know, like you know. Freeze! Yes. You know, doing all the little thing like posing with the gun, you know, doing all you know. So seeing how they're still trying to show that she's still this impressionable little girl, uh, but also she's she got she's a psych. I mean, unfortunately, she's a psycho. She's the 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 apocalypse has turned even the the brightest of individuals, the most hopeful of individuals, into complete savages. But she's very much contained. She's trying to keep that element of herself from. Um, or in terms of her identity, she's trying to keep that from becoming her identity, from being a complete savage. But for me, at least, I appreciated the episode just because it, it showed Joel just attempting to be more of a human and not so much as just being a survivor. Yeah. But him being transparent with her enough to tell her, like, hey, especially knowing that the scam they're about to run into with the guy faking like he was hurt, with him telling her, like, you know, he's not hurt. And the assumption from her is, or the first assumption from the viewers is maybe like, oh, because, you know, he's run into some of these people before. No, not really. Well, Joe was on the other side too, mm-hmm. you know, scamming and, and killing innocent people, you yep. know, just in the name of survival. So seeing him open up to her about that and being a little bit more transparent about it was, was it, it showed a lot of trust between the two characters, but also showed that, Joel isn't out of touch about who he is and what he's done. And it also just foreshadows to eventually, you know, someday he's going to, in some way, shape or form, he's going to have to, the, the, the bill will come due uh, for this, for his actions and, and the things that he's done to survive. So I don't know, pretty good episode, pretty solid episode. I'm kind of curious how the hell how the hell this is going to go with them, you know, sneaking throughout the city and then how they're going to escape. And then this yeah. big ass LeBron bloater. Like, I don't know how that's LeBron gonna go. bloater. Like, I, I don't know yeah. how that's going to go, but. And I feel like, you know, they've already shown us they've had the ability to go on a different path in the video game, which I've mm-hmm. already been happy about. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm holding on to the slight hope. I won't even spoil it, but I'm holding on for a great, a good twist to come out of this next episode for those that have played the video game. You don't, you don't have to keep it in the podcast or anything, but what you, what you mean? What do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Black people surviving. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> say, in the writer's room, like, you know what? I know we have this, how we have the script originally written. Yeah. This episode's going to air during Black History Month. Let's throw him a bone. Look, War's going to be one of the most brutal brutal killers we've ever seen, similar to how they did uh, Buddy from Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> oh. <walking. laughs> Bro, I was like, why, why did he even come on the show, man? If they I don't know. Like that, I don't know. I was like, dang. He already, you know, had the, the limp or whatever because of the, the leg situation. Yeah. And then, like, the dude that could have saved him, right? Because he got the way he got the way that happened. He got trapped in like the little, what is it called, the revolving door? The, mm-hmm. And then the the zombies were making their way through it. So either way it goes, it was just a matter of time before he was going to get got. But yeah. that way that bit into the dude's cheek and all that, and he showed like, <laughs> and I know you saw like some of the edits with some when the episode first dropped years ago when somebody redubbed the the video edited and put the everybody hates Chris like in the background as he's that. getting eaten alive. Walking Dead has some of the most gruesome deaths, bro. I recently bro. watched the Negan and Glenn scene for the for cable TV too, bro. Like that's 
I will respect Walking Dead. They they did they that did thing. That. When when that show was hot, it was hot, bro. Um, yeah. I think I tweeted about it being like that one of that that moment is probably one of the top TV moments I've ever yeah. witnessed. Just right. how it has social media and the chokehold and yeah, we're so People connected to crying. the character. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Like, and they made you wait a whole week to yeah. a whole actually a lot a whole couple of months because the beginning of that part where he hit someone mm-hmm. that was the end the, of the previous season. Yep. So you had to all wait we months. See is the, all we see is the blood leaking yeah. down the TV screen. So in the on whole some, time, on some golden eye type stuff. Right. And the, cra- the crazy part is, I, and I think it was kind of like the whole purpose was, it was for us to believe that they, they killed one person. Right. Yeah. I, I, if I remember correctly, but when, you know, the season premiere or whenever the new episode came out, it, you know, it was actually spoiler alert. Yeah. Multiple people died at the hands of uh, what's her name, Lucille, Lucille, yeah. which was the name of Negan's bat. Yeah, yeah. Good old Walking Dead, man. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. to that show and the peak. R.I.P. to the peak of that show. Yeah, that show uh, peaked a long time ago. <laughs> when when was it that you started watching it? The Walking Dead. Yeah, I think I was still in college. I think I can't remember, but I caught up mm-hmm. to like the live part, and they mm-hmm. were still like early in the seasons, like. I want to say like season four. Mm. I can't remember. Like I, I, I can't even remember how many seasons now. What? How many seasons is The Walking Dead? Too many. Uh, <laughs> Eleven seasons started mm. in twenty ten. So you right then you were. I think I fell off around season seven, eight. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, uh, uh, what's his name? Rick was uh out of there. Yeah, that's when I stopped watching. I think a lot of the audience was gone after then. Oh yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, man. But uh, to to close us out on this episode, Dane, um, <laughs> I'm gonna get my nerdy on. I'm gonna get my nerdy on. A few oh weeks ago, God. actually a few months ago, I watched the Harry Potter series um, by the this suggestion for the first of, time. Yes, by the suggestion mm. of my mm. wife, we sat down and over like a two week span, I say we watched all the Harry Potter movies. I never was into it as a kid. A lot of people, you know, during that time, Dane, I don't know if you watched it as a kid or did you watch it at a yeah, later age? Yeah, watched it as a kid. Like, okay. one of my homies, one of my one of my other best friends at the time, I hope he's doing well in life, my um, homie Blaine, like, he he would read the books and he'd talk about it. Like, oh, that yeah, is yeah, a name that I haven't heard yeah. in forever. Blaine Blanton. Yeah, yeah. Blaine Blaine, yeah. That was hey. Blaine, shout out to Blaine. Let's see if he yeah. So I already, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think he either him or somebody else that I knew would read would read the books, and we, we you know we talk about it from from time to time. And I was like, oh yeah, wizards, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know. But yeah, I, I was uh I was I was knee deep in them things, watching the movies just because it was kind of it was hard to avoid. You know, is Harry Potter coming out? You know, Lord of the Rings coming out? So he's Bro, I hope this, I'm sorry. I'm all off track. I hope this is not the same Blaine Blanton. Uh oh. This one got Trump all over his. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about look. That train's never late. Sounds about right. I remember what Blaine looked like. I'm like, this, this kind of looked like him. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Blaine. It was B L A I N E, right? Uh shoot. I know if I see him. This is the most random pivot we've ever done on the pod. Yeah. Okay. This plain Blanton is what it's said, Don't I know you? That's not him. All right. Anyway, I cut you off, bro. No, you good. You good. You good. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Hollywood was in their bag at that point in time with, you know, the type of movies they were putting out that, were, that catered to a lot of sci-fi uh, type yeah. of themes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I watched, you know, most of them when it came Shoot. Hey, we went to the movies to see one of the the, the last ones in the theaters. Yeah, we we're in college, I think, if I remember correctly. But it was hard to avoid was, because the, the they had a, such a huge, massive following. Yeah, and I think a lot of people read the books mm-hmm. around that time when the movies were coming out. I just never did. Yeah, never not me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I we watched all of the movies in about a two week span a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, which made it even more apparent because you know me, I'm a I'm a video game nerd and so <laughs> the hogwarts legacy game has taken 
a part of my life. Uh, not really. I didn't play it yesterday, but um, basically the game came out where you create your character, mm-hmm. a student in Hogwarts, and basically it's set in the 1800s. You can make any character you want. So I made a brother with uh, braids and glasses. <laughs> His name is Marquavius <laughs> in the 1800s. Uh, oh, God. And um, yeah, you get sorted just like in the movies and stuff, and it's like a role-playing open world kind of game in the in the uh hogwarts setting so to speak so <laughs> grand theft auto meets hogwarts who would have thought yeah man? that that's it's been funny because so many people i've you know follow i follow on twitter or friends with had the game and uh dan you were talking about our boy Chappelle, yeah our boy brandon that uh was talking about people playing that <laughs> Yeah, like, well, I, I know y'all ain't playing the Harry Potter game. Yeah, so I I first noticed because you know I was just scrolling, and I was like, "Why are everybody talking about Hogwarts?" I'm like, "Oh, what did this? What did this? Uh, what did this I had lady told say? you about the game before, right? Yeah, yeah I know. Okay. I, yeah, you did. You know, I, I clowned you then, and I'm clowning you now. <laughs> so I saw scrolling. I said, like, "Why are everybody talking about Hogwarts?" So then I, you know, looked at you know the people that I know that are talking about, it, and I was like, yeah. oh, "I was like, what's Chappelle say?" Because Chappelle always Chappelle always has me dying laughing like with stuff that he says. I was like, "All right." So he's clowning, he's clowning the hell out of Hogwarts. I was like, all right, this is funny. And then, like a few minutes later, or a few hours later, closed out the app, opened it back up, and I see you talking about it. And you know, like I was like, oh, oh yeah, let me, let me take my time to get these tweets off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a pretty dope game. It's just, yeah. you know, it's it's much easier to laugh from the side. <laughs> let, let me know when you want to borrow it. We can share, <laughs> share, share my past. <laughs> nah, you can. Uh, you stream that mug. I'll watch it, man. Yeah, so, yeah I, I might. I might. What platform you got it on? Like PlayStation Five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Stream it when you get when you get online to stream it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a fun game though. It's I can it's you in the comments. Yeah, I'm 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 Ravenclaw by the way. Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh, you the ops. <laughs> nah, that's I ain't no ops, bro. Apparently, yeah. apparently Ravenclaw's the nerds though. I mean, yeah, but they. I mean, it ain't Gryffindor, so you know what I'm saying. You the ops. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I want to set my own. I don't path. make look. I don't make the rules. <laughs> but no, it's a pretty, pretty dope game. It's what set you from, cuz? I'm, I'm from that claw, cuz. Where you uh, from? <laughs> but it's like uh, basically open world stuff, and you can do different side stuff and stuff like that. But it's cool. But yeah, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Episode ninety-seven of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us, Dane. What do the YouTube people say? Hey, man, make sure you hit that follow, like, and subscribe, man, to get all the exclusive content. So the whole time, you're watching a three-hour video, and they only give you about three seconds of exclusive content, and they're going to push that mug all the way to the end of the video. We're not going to do that here. You're going to get all the exclusive content all the time. So the video is an hour long. You're going to get an hour long worth of premium content. That's for sure. So make sure that you follow, like, and subscribe. Rock with your boys, man. If you don't like it, that's cool. Share it with somebody else. They might like it. And then, you know what I'm saying? We all open the feedback. So give us the feedback. So what you want, probably not what we have, but we're going to give it to you. So. And we're going to keep it rocking. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Deontay Dane, we the duo. We out. Do what?